Hello! You are traveling through this universe with Greg. That's me. I have started to share my podcast because I'd like to actually build up a few episodes and um, get my, my voice, I suppose, my head wrapped around uh, talking for long periods of time by myself and um, a few people that I've been sending my demos to or the, the first uh, five recordings have actually mentioned that I should do something about men's suicide because it's a pertinent topic for men and it's interesting right very interesting uh, one I'd like to give a shout out to my brother James I've always noticed that people they have like tendencies they have clues right whenever a person says look no matter what I have your back that motherfucker is going to be the first person to stab you in the back sleep with your wife fucking steal your wallet right because there's no point in having to say that I have your back if the relationship is already established They like lying to themselves out loud or the narcissism (laughs) inside them needs to feel validated by fluffing your ego and making you feel safe. When I was homeless, James simply said, your family, there's a place to stay for your brother. And for that, I love you, my brother, and I'm always grateful. But I'm going to start talking about men's suicide. My first experience with suicide, I was in grade two. And I remember the teacher said, listen, a boy named Eric, he hung himself from a ceiling fan as a first grader. Now I remember this clearly. I still remember his last name, but I'm not gonna, you know, say it on the World Wide Web because I don't know if you're even allowed to do stuff like that. But I remember the teacher crying and I remember a few other people crying, but everybody knew that his father was abusing him. He would go to school with black eyes and limps and a busted mouth, but no one did anything, right? And my big bobble-headed second grader self was just irate. Like, how did you guys know this? Why did you guys do this? Why did this happen? And I remember my second grade teacher, Mrs. Kaminsky. Well, we reported, we did everything we could do. And that's like the bureaucratic get out of jail free card for saying, well, the fuck you want me to do? I did all I could. I filed the paperwork. 
And realistically, there is nothing you can do. The reason my life has been in so much debacle is that I took matters into my own hands. I confronted a sexually and mentally abusive man by just touching him, not even violence, but because I did that, I had to go to court, I had to defend my name, and now I have to go through a legal process simply to get back my dream job that everybody knows I'm amazing at. Ironically, there's a high percentage of men that kill themselves simply by losing their job. The second time I dealt with suicide, I was eight years old and I remember driving up to Pennsylvania with my dad and everybody was crying. Everybody was sad. My Uncle Harrison took his life. I remember standing around the adults because they were all started drinking, right? And everybody said, oh, you know, he was always sad. He was always depressed, always this. But it's ironic, right? Because everybody knows what's happening, but no one does action. And it's hard for people to give people attention because there's so many different mitigating factors. It's hard because we all have such busy lives. We all have to work crazy amount of hours just to support our life. If you have a house, you have to have two full-time incomes just to pay for it here in Australia. You can't even get approved to buy a house that's cheaper than rent if you do not have enough income to pay for double your rent, which is insane. It almost forces people to rent due to the financial circumstances of obligation. So naturally the world is kind of set up for us you know in the in the lower 99% to to be failed first hand experience 2003 i was going to the bathroom in the middle of the night in kuwait and we had these portable toilets now, there were an entire regiment of Marines, but only enough toilets for half a battalion. So, what would happen is every single morning, you'd have the lower ranking people take these gigantic piles of feces pour them into a metal bin, dump kerosene on them, and stir and burn 
until they got rid of it. It really was a shitty job. Um, and thankfully, because my uh, job description, I never actually had to do that. Uh, billet proceeds rank. Hoorah. So it's in the middle of the night and I had to go to the bathroom. Now, it was so bad that 20 meters before I got there, I would actually put on my gas mask because it was that horrific. And if you had to go number two, you literally had to stand up and deep squat because the feces would be anywhere from 10 to 20 inches above the bowl because there was a regiment full of Marines and only half of a time worth of toilets. It was not pretty. So living off MREs, you only have to go to the toilet once every couple of days or so, but when you go, it basically clears out your whole colon. And I'm in there and I hear the door shut and then I hear it, BAM! I knew what happened, but I was tired and this was like two weeks before we actually crossed the border and I was pretty desensitized uh, from being in the Marines and I knew that if I was there, I would have to do all this paperwork and be up for another couple hours and I had to fix tanks. So I simply put my head down, felt sadness, walked back and fell asleep. And then the next day, the whole place was locked down. We had to do inspections of all of our rounds and then the safety briefs. And sure enough, this young man took his own life because he received a Dear John letter. For those listening who do not know what a Dear John letter is, it's a generic term for a letter of your significant other leaving you. Very common in the military. Uh, young love, people get married and then they don't see their husbands for like months on end. It, it causes a lot of strife and people, it takes a certain type of human being to be in a military relationship. It is not easy. Now that I'm older and I think about it, I think about this poor young man who literally took his life and was in two feet worth of feces because he felt that there was no way out. I have a very close friend of mine. We were in the same company together. We were spades partners. We went to war together. He came home and his wife left him 
and cleared out his whole entire bank account. Desperation, loneliness, he took his own life. Men's suicide is like the third highest rate of death for men in this country. Nine times the rate of COVID. But yet no one talks about it. We live in a patriarchal society, so people kind of like take for granted that even though it's a patriarchal society, that patriarch does not really apply for the 99% of us who live the normal lives. If a man and a woman separate, the courts always favor the woman 100% is completely lopsided. A woman can make accusations about a man, be found in court that they're not true and nothing happens. I myself was a victim of domestic violence. I was attacked by a cricket bat. And when I told the police that I needed protection, they laughed at me. Like, what the fuck, dude? I had bruises. But the aggressor was 115 pounds and five foot something. And I am a six foot three, very large man. I am a heavyweight division. I clearly beat anorexia. Um, so, there's a lot of things going against men. It's hard for men because we're literally bred and taught not to express our emotions and then yelled at and abused for not sharing our emotions. So it's a completely fucking fuddled up conundrum that we live in. If you show your emotions, you're labeled a mama's boy or a bitch. Or even a homosexual, which is, you know, starting to slowly lose its negative connotations, but it is what it is. It is unmanly to show emotions as a man. Unmanly. You are not regarded as strong. You are regarded as weak. Vulnerability is considered a weakness. So what options are there? What do we do? I feel that the problem is, is that we need to have some men organizations. We need to really start coming together. But the problem is, is a gentleman's club is associated with strippers, with vulgarity and not moral high standings. We need to change the narrative. We need to raise the standard. We need to start getting organizations for men 
to talk and think. And it needs to be done. And we need to start building our own support groups. To say on social media, if you ever need to talk, reach out, is really just a, a complete waste of internet usage. Because when you're feeling down and out, you're not going to reach out. You're already in isolation. What we need to do is when we start seeing something, we need to have real conversations. You know, not publicly, just grab a person side by side. Look, I'm genuinely worried about you. Life gets better. We're gonna make it. And never forget that at any given time, you are free to choose that life is a blessing and not a curse. But it's gonna take effort, it's gonna take action. Men need to come together, but simply saying they need to is not going to make them do it. We will rise above this. We need strong men in the community to start speaking up, to start showing that vulnerability is not weak. My thoughts and prayers go out to all the families that have lost and my wish for the universe that we start changing the narrative to stop this vicious cycle and when you see someone fall into the wayside express your vulnerability to them and let them know that it will be better that does suck and share times in your life that you have thought the worst and then you've overcome you could only teach by example. Thank you, James, for being with me. Thank you for your help. I am always grateful, my brother.